Guantanamo Nature Preserve and Russian Spy Dolphins? Those and other stories for the week ending March 20th, 2016. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. President Barack Obama arrives in Cuba this Sunday for a historic visit as the first sitting U.S. president to travel to the island in 88 years. The trip comes 57 years after the 1959 revolution that overthrew the pro-American Batista government and put Fidel Castro in power. The U.S. imposed a punishing economic embargo on the island, hoping to bring about hunger, despair, and the overthrow of the new communist government. While the embargo caused hardship, it never achieved its aim. The Obama administration has made efforts to rescind it, but have been blocked by the Republican-led Congress. Instead, the president has used his executive authority to loosen trade and travel restrictions. Even as the U.S. and Cuba move toward restoring diplomatic relations, there's the thorny issue of the Guantanamo Bay military base. Following exposés of rendition and torture, Obama has repeatedly promised to close down the detention facility at Gitmo, and Cuba maintains that until the U.S. gives up the base, full normalization is impossible. For two researchers, the solution is another revolution, but not with guns and tanks, but instead test tubes and swim fins. Joe Roman, a conservation biologist, and James Kraska, a law professor, have proposed what they call a third path for Guantanamo, turning it into an international marine research institution and peace park. In a piece published in Science Magazine, the parasite pristine coral reefs, mangrove wetlands, tropical forests, and a bio diversity unparalleled in the Caribbean. Because the island was isolated for so long, its environment has been undeveloped and undisturbed. That's allowed its coral reefs and seagrass beds to thrive, and along with it, scores of wildlife, including sharks, dolphins, whales, and an infinite number of fish. The authors think converting the base into a woods hole of the Caribbean would be an ideal way to unite Cuba and the United States while helping meet the challenges of climate change, mass extinction, and declining coral reefs. The dream is to make Guantanamo, a name that's been associated with terrorism and 9-11, into one meaning conservation, preservation, and cooperation. National attention about lead in drinking water started with the crisis in Flint, Michigan. Worry about this problem continues to grow as aging pipe systems in some schools across the country have shown levels of lead contamination. And last week it was learned that almost 2,000 water systems across the U.S. have shown excessive levels of lead over the past four years. The EPA and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention both say no amount of lead in water is safe, but an EPA standard says that suppliers must take action to reduce contamination only after lead levels rise above 15 parts per billion. Levels of lead exceeding EPA action standards were found in water systems that altogether supply 6 million people across the country, according to the USA Today. And what adds to people's concerns is the fact that many people were not warned as required when lead was found. 180 systems were cited for failing to notify the public, and almost half of those more than once. The mayor of Montreal, Canada, is proposing to ban plastic water bottles from the city. Mayor Dennis Coderre stated that the bottles are an environmental nuisance and 700 million single-use bottles end up in Quebec landfills every year. Should the ban pass, the city of a million and a half people would be the largest to do so in the world. Three years ago, Concord, Massachusetts instituted a ban on water sold in plastic bottles, and now water is sold there only in paper cartons. And more recently, San Francisco 
Francisco barred the sale of plastic water bottles last year. Predictably, industry giants like Coke, Pepsi, and Nestle are all planning to fight the ban in Montreal, and the Canadian Beverage Association says that plastic bottles are safe and convenient, and eliminating them would restrict consumers' right to choose. Last week, the Obama administration announced that it would not allow oil and gas drilling in the Atlantic off of Virginia, the Carolinas, and Georgia. The administration's decision was a reversal of what had been approved just a year ago. After the administration gave a green light to oil and gas operations last year, there were many protests, notably by beach towns worried about a spill similar to the BP oil disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. In addition to environmental opposition to new Atlantic drilling, Obama's own Department of Defense had expressed concern over seismic testing to be done by the oil industry that could have disrupted secret military training exercises. In related news, the Obama administration also announced last week new air quality standards for offshore drilling activity for the first time in more than three decades. The proposed rules are designed to rein in air emissions on everything from offshore platforms to the icebreakers operating off of Alaska. And finally, the announcement that SeaWorld will end its controversial orca breeding program made big news last week. The move came after years of pressure by animal welfare advocates and scientists who've argued that the whales shouldn't be kept in captivity. While a step in the right direction for orcas, things weren't looking as good for another marine mammal. A Russian government website advertised that the Ministry of Defense is looking for five bottlenose dolphins to bring into captivity. To be exact, they want wanted ones with perfect teeth, of average length, and possessing a willingness to display motor activity, according to a notice that's since been taken down. The ad didn't indicate what duties the dolphins would be expected to perform, but it has rekindled speculation that Russia is reviving combat dolphin units that served as Soviet spies, investigators, rescuers, and possibly even assassins during the Cold War. The U.S. Navy also has a marine mammal program that trains bottlenose dolphins, whales, and sea lions in helping to detect mines in deep waters, but vehemently denies that its mammals were ever used as spies or attack animals, though rumors persist. If indeed the Cold War is heating up, then any day now we might just see Vladimir Putin bare-chested straddling two dolphins as they swim across the Crimean Sea. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Unite the world of water at AWWA's ACE 16 in Chicago, June 19th through 22nd. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 16.